0: Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is
1: Believe. Buenos tardes, mi amigo. Hola, my good friends. Cinco de mayo. I hoped we'd see each other again. I'm joined here on the Mikey Likes You podcast with someone that is very important to me. Maybe, arguably, the most important person in my life. And my wife, Bianca, is obviously a candidate. But this person, probably more important only because... She's not capable of really taking care of herself, whereas my wife is unbelievably capable of taking care of herself. This young lady really needs me. Her name, Magnolia Moon Catherwood. Say hello, Magnolia. Hi. So how are you?
0: I'm good.
1: How are you dealing with... like the big changes in your life from the lockdown, you know, like Zoom school and... no. Well,
0: it's actually okay because I'm, like, in my bedroom and I get to do school. But it's fun because I don't really have to go anywhere. It's fun because I'm in my bedroom. And on the breaks, we don't, like, have nothing to play with. We can just, like, play with our toys for, like, I don't know, an hour or so. Well,
1: it's not really an hour.
0: Well, some of my breaks are.
1: Some of your break well, only your lunch break, right? And
0: my break break.
1: Your break yeah. break. <laughs> um I was curious, you know, my podcast it talks about like health a lot.
0: Yeah. You how me a hundred times.
1: I'm sorry, Jeez, Louise. Um, how do you how did you develop your ability to like Understand when you should eat sweets and junk food and when you should eat healthy, nourishing food?
0: Well, when I was a baby, I couldn't really hear that much. So I sort of was, like, reading, like, movements and stuff. So when my parents are, like, moving towards the kitchen or the dining room, I'm like, oh, it's time for dinner. And then like when we're dressing up or heading towards the couch, I know, okay, that's time for candy. That's time for dessert.
1: So <laughs> I'm trying to follow you here. So you you knew it was time for dessert when people were wearing certain outfits?
0: Because I knew it was Halloween, you know.
1: Ah, uh, oh, okay. Okay, that makes sense. Okay, so like certain special occasions meant... Yeah. Like cake, pie, candy. Yeah, yeah. Ah, gotcha, gotcha.
0: Even though I do not like pie one bit.
1: Okay, but what... what my question is, is like, you're six years old, and most six-year-olds six don't like to eat as much healthy food as you do. You love to eat juicy yeah. meat and fish and, and i
0: love spinach and
1: salads and stuff
0: salad is delicious and
1: fruit and like you really do like it i mean you like you like junk food too obviously yeah, like every but, kid but you really do like to eat healthy foods mm-hmm. how did you develop that ability like what did mom and papa do that w- really worked for you and then what did we what could we do better to make it so that you like to eat healthy foods
0: well i really like healthy foods right now so you don't really have to But when I was young, I didn't really like it that much, right?
1: Yeah, that's not true. Some of the first foods you ate were sweet potato and avocado and, like, really healthy stuff.
0: Yeah. But the reason I like it so much is because I just, like, most kids don't really try as much. So, but I was like, oh, I... I guess I'll just try this, and then I try it. I'm like, oh, my gosh, this stuff is so good. Why did I never eat this before? So I just love it so much now, and I'm like, oh, I'm a totally new kid.
1: So this, the, the the trick is to just have an open mind and be willing to try anything.
0: Yeah, and then you're like, oh, this is really good. I should I should eat this more often.
1: Okay, that's really good advice. I think that's, that's really good advice. Another
0: way mm-hmm. of something about me is that I like the dentist.
1: Why do you like the dentist me? so much?
0: Well, because it's fun because you, like, get a toy after, and you also, at my dance you get to watch a movie while it, and it, like, feels good because at my dance you get to bring a stuffy to cuddle with, and it's really nice.
1: Okay, so it does sound like a nice um, experience because you get to cuddle with your stuffy. And you get to watch a movie, which is And
0: you get a toy after.
1: It's not really something you get to do a lot, you know, watch TV Mm -hmm. or watch a movie. So, you get... It's like a special thing. Okay. Makes sense. What about exercise? Like, what's the key to, like, enjoying exercise and doing enough exercise?
0: Well, the key to doing enough exercise and joining, like, a lot of exercise is just to have fun. Well, like...
1: You're doing exercise right now, as we speak. I know. Okay.
0: Well... One little thing I like to do is I like to hold on to a giant, stretchy rubber band that's hanging on a bar Mm -hmm. and swing on it.
1: So it's it's like doing your jumping exercises, but because you have Papa's exercise band, it makes you jump a little higher, like you're on the moon.
0: Yeah, Yeah. and I can also swing on it, so I like to do that
1: a lot. It's your moon jumps, yeah. Yeah. And your swings. yeah. Yeah. What is your favorite? Like, what are some of your favorite things to do that are exercise?
0: When I, um, do the splits and put my head all the way down.
1: Oh, like big, big stretches? Almost like, almost, but you hate yoga. Yeah. But yoga's stretchy.
0: Well, it's because yoga's more calm, but I am wild!
1: That's true. So I
0: like to, like, get the moving, so I like to do that, and then do, like, move it, move it, move it, and then do it again, and then move it, move it.
1: You know what's so funny? What? Your papa's the exact same way.
0: Because <laughs> I do. I like,
1: I like movement. I like movement and everything, but I can't really get into yoga because it's too slow for me. I yeah. Need, I need to go and get sweaty and get crazy, mm-hmm. you know? <laughs> me too. Um, so, what are some of, like, what are the things that make you feel good about the world right now?
0: Probably because it's awesome for kids. You get to stay home, do whatever we want, watch TV a lot more.
1: Yeah, more than usual, right? Yeah, what are some of, of the things that concern you about the world right now?
0: I just don't like wearing masks. It's terrible. <laughs> and people think that it will help the coronavirus, but it won't.
1: Why won't it help
0: because you could get sick in a mask because you some masks are hard to breathe in mm-hmm. and then you could lose air and you start choking
1: oh that's a very um that's a very in-depth way of looking at it okay so you don't like wearing masks nope what are some things like in your life that aren't related to the lockdown like just in the world around you that you see that you go i wish i could do something about that that bothers me
0: well it's mostly the, all the plastic in the water. Oh, yeah, that's a because good one. Because I love all these water creatures. They're so pretty. But all that, that um, trash in the ocean and plastic and all that thick. It can kill the coral and everything Mm -hmm. and trap everything and then the ocean goes bye-bye and then I don't like that.
1: Yeah, that sounds terrible.
0: Mm -hmm. Um,
1: What are some things that you see in the world, just in your everyday life, that you go, I really love that. That makes me happy. Probably. Over here. No one can hear you if you walk (laughs) that Okay. (laughs) Okay.
0: Um, Probably um, my friend Liv.
1: Your friend Liv, yeah. And all your friends, really, right? Yeah, I've been to
0: all my friends. I have a bunch of friends.
1: Is it important to have friends? Yes. Yeah? I think it is, too. It's hard when you get grow up.
0: Yeah. When
1: you're an adult, it's hard to make new friends. But when you're a kid, mm-hmm. it's kind of easy, huh? Yep. No, don't no, no, touch that's, it. That's where that microphone is what's recording. So if okay, you it, Oh, sorry. <laughs> um, do you have any final messages for the people that listen to the show? Yes. Okay.
0: Whatever you're doing, always have fun.
1: Keep a smile on your face, right? Yep. I love you very much.
0: Well, (laughs) one thing about cleaning is... Cleaning? Well, one thing about cleaning is if you're cleaning Mm -hmm. and you don't like cleaning Mm
1: -hmm.
0: and you think it's boring, Mm -hmm. turn it into a game. okay. Like one time I was cleaning my room, but I don't like cleaning my room. But then my mom was like, I mean, I was like, "Hey, let's turn it into a game." And then we we're trying to do it was my babysitter's birthday, and it was crazy because like three days after that it was actually her birthday.
1: Oh, okay.
0: And she was actually babysitting me.
1: Great. Well, Magnolia, it's been riveting talking to you. Would you be willing to come back on my podcast sometime and just give us some updates? Sure. Okay. Um, I love you. I love you, too. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the greatest podcast on Earth. Certainly not the most listened to. I have no real evidence to uh, make that claim, but, you know, I'm going to stick with it. Yeah, greatest on Earth nothing objective really to back that up but I am your host Mike Catherwood this is Mikey likes you um, got uh, a lot of exciting guests on the docket coming up uh, very soon but today I thought I'd get back to basics and go with a QA um, I do think people appreciate those or at least that's the the sense I get when I look at um, my DMs and whatnot, you know, people and also look by the analytics of the podcast, um, the Q&A stuff or the stuff where I don't have a guest and I just kind of give insight on certain topics. Those seem to do better. So I'm not saying I'm going to go away from doing guests, but I'm going to steer more towards the um, the intimate Relationship that you and I have as broadcaster and listener, and just uh, lean into that a little bit more before we get to the amazing Q and A, which I guarantee will be whew, just amazing. Uh, I got to tell you about my friends at Bet Online; they are fantastic. They really do make things so much better when it comes to professional sports. Because let's face it. We may not want to say it out loud, but the lockdown has kind of made things a little bit less exciting when it comes to professional and college sports. But bet online makes sure that it is still the most exciting thing you can be involved with when it comes to being a spectator because they put you right inside the game. I mean, the NFL season, full swing. NBA season, Lakers are the best. Thank you very much. MLB, Dodgers are the best. Thank you very much. You're not at the game when it comes to the NFL, but you could still be a part of it because of Bet Online. You got game spreads, totals, teams, players, coaching props. Bet Online gives you more options to wager than any other place online. And there's always the Bet Online casino. Let me tell you something, buddy, it never closes. So head to betonline.ag today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Again, that's betonline.ag, and sign up today. Bet online, your online sports book experts. All right, so here's how it works. I put out the bat signal via Instagram and Twitter to have you guys send me your questions, and I will do my best to uh, answer them. It's at MikeyLikesYou1, the number one, and then also... Um, at Mike Catherwood uh, on both Instagram and Twitter. Those are the accounts for both Instagram and Twitter. Um, send me your messages. You can always DM me too. Um, I, I really try <laughs> to get back to you w- with the DM stuff, um, but uh, I think I've made references to this in the past couple episodes. It gets crazy, and I'm so happy. I feel so grateful that people turn to me in such you know with with such volume of questions because it, i guess it you know in a, a weird way it lets me know that people trust me you know to to give me to give me those questions and a lot of times they're really personal so i, I feel very good about that uh but the volume is so high that it makes it hard for me to get back to everyone but i I'd try my best but uh, this this episode here just gonna be uh me answering those questions um at the matt vosk you always seem to be able to get up and go. What's the secret to your motivation? What's the best way to cultivate a motivation within yourself? Um a really good question. And you know, I guess you know, this is a good example of how social media isn't exactly <laughs> representative of real life. I try my best to make my social media just that. It's not some facade, but of course, naturally, it is a little bit cherry-picked because I don't put up pictures or video of me lying in my bed going, uh, and my daughter like hitting me going, Papa, get up. And my wife, like, you know, yelling from the other room, honey, let's go. It's seven 45. We got, you know, can you please get up, help feed the dogs that, that happens. I'm just like everyone else. I do struggle to get up and go. Um, But I do, um, I, in fairness, I do find a way pretty much hundred percent of the time to get around to doing what I need to do um, part of that I think is is it's hard to like put my finger on what it is um, I, a lot of it's my history and um, routine for me and I think for a lot of addicts and drug drug addicts and alcoholics it's essential I, I can't and this is not necessarily a good thing but I can't it's very hard for me to deviate from scheduled tasks and I have to have routine, uh, it makes things a lot more, um, enjoyable. And it also makes me a lot more, um, effective at life because I, you know, drugs and alcohol was like 90% of my existence and was my entire motivation for, you know, seven, six, seven years of my life. Um, so I, when I replaced that, I had to kind of keep things very very scheduled and be punctual about it um i also try to remind myself of how how bad i feel when i don't get around to doing the things that i really want and or need to do um so just try to like think of the the end result of not doing the yard work or doing your workout or your meditation whatever it may be um that is something that I've used all the time where I say I really don't want to do A, B, or C, but I know how much worse I'll feel if I don't in you know in, in five hours. So I just kind of tell myself that. Also, um, I think when you have a schedule and a routine, like when I get up and I immediately meditate, immediately make my bed or do those things or make my family breakfast, and then it kind of – it's like a, a snowball effect the quicker you get to kind of hitting these tasks, the more and more it, it becomes easier and, uh, kind of effortless to, to, to go into the, to the next task and so on. So if you start right from the beginning of your day, I think like, in, you know, within the 20 minutes of you waking up that, that little 20 minute window can be really crucial to making, to dictating how the rest of the day is going to be. Um, and then also I think I found that with a handful of things, it really is almost drug-like in that I can immediately feel the effects. Uh, exercise meditation um, are two good ones. Spending personal time with my wife or my daughter, especially like quali- really quality personal time, not like sitting next to my wife while we both mutually look at our phones – i mean like you know going for a walk with my wife and holding hands or going for a walk with the dogs and like without earphones and like listening to the sound of the birds i i really do feel a change is it as profound as the change i would feel from cocaine or, or whiskey probably not you know to be honest but i i can feel that when certainly with exercising i'm a different guy if i don't get to my workouts um and really go hard. If I even on like schedule, quote unquote, scheduled recovery days, I don't feel as uh, comfortable in my own skin as the days when I go balls to the wall. Um, there's something about that really digging deep um, that makes me feel better. So you, you kind of naturally get a little bit more motivation. Um, so those are those are my my three. And, you know, I certainly don't know if I have the right answer. But that's what what's worked for me is, is a sticking to scheduling and making sure that you get to it right from waking up. That really helps. B is reminding yourself of like maybe how much worse you'll feel if you don't do it. And then the third one is finding the enjoyment, you know, recognizing the actual pleasure that comes from doing these things that may seem difficult. Beso del Sol. What's your best advice for finding a romantic partner? Hmm. You seem to have found a happy love in your life, and I hope to find the same for myself. Thanks for thanks and wishing you and yours all the best, Panama. I think that is a reference to a Love Line appearance of Beso del Sol, if it is the same person, where she said she was in the country of Panama. And I, every time she referenced that, would sing the chorus to Van Halen's Panama. Oh, genius radio. Um, Best advice for finding a romantic partner. Man, I think we make a big mistake in, in making a... In finding a partner, a priority. And what I mean by that is if if the end result is all that's on your mind, like I got to find a man, got to find a woman, I need to do whatever I need to do to do that, it kind of screws the whole system up. And instead, if you just constantly are working on becoming a better you, that stuff falls into place. It's kind of like um, finding your passion or finding, like, the right line of work to go into. If you're just out trying to find a job to pay the bills, chances are you're going to be – it's going to be hard to to find something that you love, you love to do, that really stimulates you, right? And the same thing goes, I think, for partners, Now, look, there's an obvious difference in that when I was 20 through 23, I needed to pay the bills. You don't need companionship at every second of your life. You absolutely do not. I think that it is crucial for a long, fulfilling life to find a partner. But you don't need it, right? Like you need to pay the bills. So there are times in our lives – where we just need a job you just need to go out and find a job and your only goal is find employment right but if that if you were to do that for the duration of your existence you would never probably, probably never chances are find a good job to stimulate you and make you happy and if you're just like i need to find a man i need to find a woman and i'm gonna devote my day to going out and doing so chances are very low that you're gonna Stumble into the person that is right for you. Whereas if you continually focus on the journey instead of the destination, you're constantly working on yourself. You're going, trying new things, learning new skills, you know, taking a guitar class, going to do yoga, going to the gym and getting a personal trainer, um, reading lots of books, joining a book club, whatever it may be. You know what I'm saying? Like going out for walks. Uh, Going to like Dog training groups Whatever it is like you're putting yourself Out there and you're making yourself a better Person and you're working on becoming a better You Involved in that is meeting new People Um, And Because you're devoting yourself To being a better you the people that You will meet in that arena You know in those circles are Oftentimes a lot more better suited For you and helping that process right because that's to me like I don't know this is one of those things where there's no right or wrong answer I've only found because you pointed out it seems like you found a happy love life I certainly have I mean my wife is better than I could have ever dreamed uh, you know a partner could be she continually makes me want to be a better person for my own sake and for 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 her sake and she really it sounds corny but she's like my soulmate she makes she nourishes my soul and you know i i think that you got to look to to find that person and the only way you're going to do that is by constantly surrounding yourself with environments that also nourish your soul because if you're just going out to bars or going on Tinder or go, whatever it may be, and I'm not saying there's anything wrong with either of the two, but if your your goal is like I must, I must find mate and you're going to do these things, fill in the blank, whatever it is to get to that mate, you're not necessarily carving out that area of where you're going to find the soulmate. You'll find a partner, but it's not in the world of of – enlightenment and growth so that's my biggest advice is just give up on this desperate need to find a partner and then work on yourself and then subsequently you'll surround yourself with people that might naturally be better for you as a partner um, uh, that's a terrible question how did Rudy celebrate the Dodgers win? Very good question. Uh, my f- good friend Rudy Cisneros, at culo Breaker on uh, Instagram. Very, very funny, very talented young man. Uh, a, a cholo and a kind-hearted one. He is a huge Dodger fan, as most all uh, Mexicans are. And he um, he detailed how he celebrated his... Um, his, you know, the, the the beloved Dodgers victory on his Instagram at Kulo Breaker. And then also on Janky Town, the podcast uh, from my good close friends, Beer Mug, Johnny Cantro, Omar Khan and Dave, the King of Mexico. That is the podcast they do now that there is no more Kevin and Bean show. Janky Town. Rudy called in to detail just exactly how he celebrated. And uh, it's quite a tale uh let's see the rick schaefer hey rick hey mike are you aware of any sprinting routines for beginners that is people who have recently lost enough weight to be able to consider sprinting as an exercise option you live um first off congratulations that's awesome sprinting is uh you know there's walking and sprinting are the two best forms of exercise a lot of people are not capable of sprinting so you walk you know it's like they always said the old saying you can you have to crawl before you can walk well you have to walk before you can sprint and you know not all of us are nimble 18 year olds sprinting demands a lot of the body and it's like (laughs) deadlifts and sprinting are like the two things that you're just begging to get hurt if you don't do it right or if you're not capable of doing it um but once you can they're you know deadlifting and sprinting are they're it but if you if i had to give two things because you know not everybody has access to plates and olympic bars walking and sprinting every human should should and and needs to at some point be doing that um even senior citizens uh my dermatologist um and i'm not someone who's particularly concerned with my skin i just my wife forced me to go see a dermatologist because i had these like sunspots and she was concerned that it could be cancerous so i got it checked out well it turns out the guy's like 60 and a competitive sprinter and so i just started talking this guy's ear off and we kept going back and forth and he's jacked and he's looks amazing he looks 20 years younger and he's uh you know because running as fast as you can is really the most basic expression of human athleticism. Jumping and running, right? But running even more so because it focuses a little bit more on that posterior chain and the glutes and the the upper hamstrings. And if you get yourself in a position to be able to sprint, that means that everything's going well health-wise. As soon as you have an injury or you let yourself go or you just – You know you you haven't been exercising enough or you've been uh distorting your exercise to the point that you have massive imbalances that that means like i can't sprint right now which is a bad sign so being able to sprint and continually doing so is always a great barometer of things going well now just starting sprinting very smart question you don't want to just jump into it and start training like usain bolt um, the biggest advice I would give you is do not start from a dead stop, at least for like six weeks. You have to work up to the point where you can train from a dead stop, like a, like a actual sprinter, a competitive sprinter starts from the blocks. The starting from the blocks is the most demanding thing to those hamstrings and, um, and, and, uh, the, the very delicate muscles that are involved in sprinting. So always work from like a, a running start. You know, slow jog walk to a slow jog and then you hit a marker you know a cone or a light post and that's when you begin your sprint the rolling the rolling start is much safer and it's much easier on you so that that's the for the beginning sprinters that's a big big piece of advice the second piece of advice would be keep the volume very low at first honestly start with 50 meters five of them um at 90 percent your your max speed with that rolling start and and see how five feels with two minutes rest in between i understand you're gonna feel like maybe i'm not doing enough that's fine there's very little downside to not doing enough at first when it comes to heavy lifting and sprinting these extreme high intensity exercises these dynamic explosive exercises or these incredibly taxing exercises things like deadlift things like squat things like sprinting things like jumping or plyometrics there's very little downside to doing too little in the beginning there's an overwhelming downside to doing too much overwhelming so always have a little left in the tank um, until you build up to the point where you really can get in tune with your body and then go hard Um, Charles Poliquin, um, the muscle guru himself, uh, God rest his soul, wrote a great book on training for sprinting. I recommend it highly, even if you're not all that interested in sprinting, because it focuses on the development of musculature and um, athletic movement to make you a better sprinter, which is something that, like I, I mentioned earlier, is something that we should all be striving for. So check that out um, at Charles Poliquin's website. I don't know if it's .net or .org or strengthsensei.com. It might be his name. Just Google Charles, spelled normally Poliquin, P-O-L-I-Q-U-I-N. He has a a breakdown on sprinting. And then also Westside Barbell, Louis Simmons, the geniuses over there, have a complete gut training manual for runners, um, runners of all distances and all speeds. And, um, anything the West side guys recommend is good. Uh, tch, tch, my question is at C Malu, Maulu 22. I hope I said that right. Thank you for posting my review. Oh, you're welcome. He, he, or she must've been someone who gave that amazing review on iTunes. Thank you to anyone who reviewed because all the reviews are so amazing and heartwarming. So thank you. C Malu 22. And then anyone else. But uh, my question is, what do you do to relax, recharge? Great question. Um, lots of I, I'm a big believer in meditation. I know it's hard to do. I know it doesn't seem like it's effective to people who haven't engaged in it in a prolonged way. But meditation is amazing. I love it. I recommend it. I'm not saying you're there's something wrong if you don't do it. But that has been crucial to me. I'm not a good sleeper. I wish I was a better sleeper. I probably am irresponsible in ways that could make me a better sleeper, but I'm just not. I've also naturally never been a good sleeper. I've always stayed up. Oh, really? Thanks, guys. Harry. Harry. Off. Harry! Hey, you son of a gun. You don't even know what you're barking at at this point. Harry. Off hey come here come here come here oh there's a dog oh okay. dog walking by the window you still shouldn't do that it's just a dog anyway meditation's huge um because i'm not a good sleeper and i think that that can can help also obviously get a good night's rest Um, walks, walks, I I believe, uh, anyone who's at all familiar with this podcast knows that I'm a big believer in walking and how beneficial it is in so many ways, but it also is beneficial in a psychiatric, emotional way. I just, things are just getting at me. I'm starting to get stressed. Uh, I get my dogs on leashes and go for a 10 minute walk or something, especially with no headphones and just. See the sunshine here in Southern California. If you're living in a place where there's no sunshine, sometimes even like the gloomy skies can be so beautiful. Hear the birds, listen to things, listen to the sounds. Um, I think that that's really helpful. For me, it has been. Um, also, reading fiction. Reading fiction has been really helpful to me. I always get a little bit happier when I have a good book that I can get into. Uh, I just finished um, Una Una Out of Order. I think that's the name of it. Yeah, Una Out of Order. Can't recommend it enough. Kind of a sci-fi character study life thing where this woman wakes up every New Year's Eve in a different phase in her life. So she'll... She, time travels to like herself at 60 and then next new year's eve she wakes up and she's herself at 23 and banks back and forth and like it's such an amazing and beautifully well-written book about um, identity and dealing with knowing who's involved in your life that is helpful and 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 positive and who isn't and recognizing who you are as a person and what we attach to that we think is part of our identity and what really isn't, you know, uh, I can't recommend it enough. You know, so reading fiction has been good and also uh, playing the guitar. As, as you can tell by the intro to every episode, my beautiful uh, guitar play. <laughs> um, but I, I do. I love it. It's very uh, soothing and very therapeutic um, you know, I, and sometimes I, sometimes I like really practice and get, you know, get involved in like string skipping and, and arpeggios and, and scales and stuff like that. And I really practice, practice. Other times I just tool around and sing little songs and either way it becomes uh very relaxing, very, um, beneficial to me. Uh, What's your opinion on healthy zero cal energy drinks like Bang and Rain? Also, when is Rudy going to call into the podcast? That is from Vlad, Vlad's dad. Hey, Vlad's dad. Um, my opinion on those is like certainly not a health food, but the sugar free zero calorie energy drinks are real useful in a pinch. I'm not of the belief that they're like killing you. Like a lot of these, you know, people make this idea. create this idea that um artificial sweeteners are are you know poison i don't see any compelling or at really frankly any science to show that i have seen some science that they can have create problems with your digestion but uh they're not they're not causing cancer and they're not killing you um i do think that they do contain a lot of caffeine so be careful with them. But if you're having one a day, or like a like a pre workout bang, or you know before you go to work instead of your cup of coffee, I, I don't see it as a problem. They taste delicious. They're zero calories, um, and uh, I I wouldn't I wouldn't base my diet around them. I wouldn't rely on them, but I certainly don't see it as like an issue. I drink them. You know, every, I, I I like Bang. I like the Miami Cola Bang. It's like a Diet Coke, but with some added amino acids and some. Uh, some taurine and things like that, you know, for pre-workout, and uh, I, I dig them because I'm a huge coffee guy. But sometimes, like a hot cup of coffee is either inconvenient or just isn't gonna work out. Like sometimes I love coffee, but it, it, like a big giant cup of coffee is not. It makes my tummy kind of feel weird or whatever it is. So I yeah I dig it. And sometimes look, I live in LA so especially in the summer like the last thing i want is like a hot beverage so an ice cold bang you know i dig it like i said don't don't uh you know a six pack a day probably a bad idea certainly don't have them too close to bedtime but uh i i i sign off on it you know uh let's see here literally like a week ago i figured out the cycle mic reference oh okay this isn't really a uh question it's a comment Uh, so you know it happens people know me from k-rock from either love line or the kevin and bean show where you know my on-air moniker was psycho mike and then they may be familiar with mike catherwood for a long time before they make the connection and so hey how you doing i am in fact psycho mike After doing strong lifts five by five for 12 weeks, I got way stronger, lost weight at the same time, but I've hit a plateau. What programming would you recommend next? That is from Rafael5859. Well, um, strong lifts, again, I recommend it to everyone beginner, intermediate, whatever. Even if you're an advanced lifter, there's a lot of benefit into spending six weeks just getting back to five by five sets of five reps uh, with the basic three really minimizing your training and getting back to it the next thing if you're if you're struggling with plateau which is something that happens um, you got to assess you got to assess like what your goals are from here if your goals are to continue getting stronger you're going to have to become a little bit more of a specialist that is what happens when you start lifting heavy weights and you get good at it the kind of basic programs aren't going to work. You have to start advancing to a little bit more volume, a little bit more intensity, a little bit more structure. Um, So if that, if, if strength and continuing to grow in the big three lifts is something that you are interested in, I recommend uh, the Texas method or five, three, one by Jim Wendler. Um, If uh losing more weight and getting leaner is something that you are look invested in. Then I would recommend um, Martin Burkhan's program of reverse pyramid training um, at, and you can get that all spelled out for you in the lean gains method that is a book that Martin Burkhan wrote. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're looking for growth and hypertrophy, that's your your big thing. I would say either uh, I would say either um, the best the best place to go um, probably the German volume training. Uh, Charles Poliquin wrote the best book about it. I think at, at the guy that I mentioned earlier about the sprinting routine, Charles Poliquin. German volume training always in my opinion the best and that goes all the way back to super training which is like the handbook and bible for sports sports training um uh German volume training for overall just muscle growth those are the the big three that I would recommend yeah Zach Didenato says if I'm new to personal training and the person I'm training is new to working out how should I train them uh good question um I think for for you, if you're new to training, a big mistake I I made and a lot of people make is they want to please their client more so than they want to make results for the client, meaning they're more – I got really more consumed with wrecking people and making them sweaty messes before they walked out the gym as opposed to like thinking about what's best for them in the long term. So don't get hung up like don't let your ego tell you that you have to have people doing, you know, girls need to be doing like lots of walking lunges so that they wake up and their butt sore so that they keep paying you money when in actuality like a more structured linear progression would be better or, you know, guys they they want to do like a CrossFit circuit because they feel really sweaty and tired. But it's not maybe necessarily best for them when it comes to, like, gaining muscle or losing fat, you know, whatever it is. So, like, really analyze every person as a unique person because they are. And then also don't get consumed with pleasing them as they walk out the door. Instead, get more consumed with pleasing them overall. That's my biggest advice. And then also how do you train someone new to it? Uh, You know, obviously be very specific, but be very realistic um let them know that they're gonna see massive benefits from training because they are a beginner, but also that it's not something that you can just dive into uh full bore, that there are gonna probably be some the some Danielson, Mr. Miyagi type situations where, you know, in the original karate kid where he's like waxing the the uh cars and 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 painting the fences, and he's like, Mr. Miyagi, what am I doing? I I'm not learning any karate. Well he, he had to just kind of really focus on the boring fundamentals for a couple of weeks before he was even capable of really diving into some more um, some more advanced stuff and uh, you know, let he or she know that there may be four or five sessions where you're not getting what you might have expected, but this is essential and it's important and healthy. Um, those are my two best pieces of advice. Uh, let's see. I'm going to switch over to my Mikey Likes You account. And look at those questions there. Riveting, I know. Uh... mm -hmm. I recently lost about 70 pounds doing a combination of keto and CrossFit. I know your favorites. (laughs) Funny. Um, I've noticed that my wife has gotten weirdly jealous of me. She's not overweight, aside from maybe a little flab around the belly. It seems like she's trying to sabotage my health and weight loss by recommending we eat and drink way too much of the wrong things. How do I tell her that this is a problem for me without imploding my relationship? Really good question. Really good question. Um, congratulations on the weight loss. That's huge. 70 pounds is amazing. Um, well, oh, God, it's rough. But it's common. This happens in relationships, right? Um, it happens with professional stuff. You know, one person starts really taking off. The other person's not. And the other person kind of even subconsciously starts to sabotage the other person or weight loss or or, or growth and development and anything. I would have a very serious talk with your wife and I would lead off by saying this. I'm not going to in any way try to change you. If you want to eat Cheetos and wash it down with a soda, you're an adult and that's your business. But if you love me, you will understand that you should not influence me to engage in that eating and drinking I'm not trying to change you why on earth would you try to change me I'm very sorry I'm very sorry that it makes you feel odd that I'm making this progress but I don't in any way look at you differently I'm really happy with myself and I'm really feeling great about all the things that I've done and I just wish and hope that you as my wife can respect that and encourage me you know, I dealt with this a lot when it came to drugs and alcohol. When I got clean, um, there was definitely like a weird thing between me and my friends who continued to drink and party. And the last thing I should do, I, I don't think I did do this, but I, I do see it a lot sometimes in the recovery community is someone gets clean and then they go around, you know, being some evangelist for the, the sober life, telling people how to do it. You know, it's like, fuck off, dude. Yeah. Um your progress, your journey is about you. Um and I had to tell my friends, I was like, Man, I I definitely don't want you to change in any way unless you want to. This is I, I hope this doesn't cause problems, but I need you guys to respect me and not not drinking and, and uh not using drugs. Um and all that means is like you guys do what you want to do. Your life is your life. But please don't in any way compromise my my goals when it comes to sobriety. And I think that you kind of should go after it the same way when it comes to fitness and health. You know, I don't think you – if your wife wants to eat bad foods or unhealthy things or drink unhealthy things, that really is her business. Obviously, you may want her to change her ways because you love her. But – Nothing's going to come of you Browbeating that into her You're not her parent But alternatively She's not your parent And if you've made this decision To change your life She should absolutely respect that And it is um, Disrespectful I think for her To not recognize How hard you're working And how good this makes you feel You know so just Acknowledge that And tell her And be gentle about it You know it's not like you fucking bitch I'm doing my best here. I'm losing weight. I'm doing, I'm training hard. And all you do is, no, it's just like, look, honey, if you want to eat that, that's great. Enjoy it. I hope you love every single bite. But for me, it would make me feel a lot better and make me be a better husband if I could lay off that and and really not have you push me to to engage in that. Uh, Let's see here. As far as trying to be in a caloric deficit, would that be based on the resting basal metabolic rate or should exercise be considered? Thanks. Great question. Um, Exercise should be considered. But it's unbelievably inaccurate how we measure caloric burn, caloric use by the body. So I say err on the side of too much. Always err on the side of too much. Always err on the side of not going hard enough in the gym and then tweak from there. Always err on the side of, not, uh, of eating too many calories and then tweak from there because I'm a big believer and there's a lot of science to back this up. It's not just me, my, my personal ideas but – Minimum effective dosage is huge. And minimum effective dosage goes for training. It also goes for caloric deficit. It also goes for caloric surplus. If you can gain a pound of muscle a month on a 300-calorie surplus, stick with that. There's no need to go to a 600-calorie surplus. Only bad things come from that. If you can lose weight effectively at a 300-calorie surplus, stick with that. Don't shoot – don't be like, well, the gains will be better if I go to 600. Because it's just like training and dieting, it's like cutting your hair. If you have long hair and you go in and you sit down at the hair salon or the barber and and he or she says, "Okay, how much do we take off? It's really not a big deal if you take off too little because you'd be like, you know what? Now that I look at it, you know, go ahead and take off another inch. If you take off too much, you're fucked, right? (laughs) You're like, oh, shit. Now I got to wait months for this to grow back to get to where I want it. The same thing goes for dieting and, and, and training. If you go in and you're like, well, ten sets of deadlifts uh, seems like a good idea, and really three or four was a sweet spot. Ten puts you in the hospital and you can't train, and you get burnt out and you get exhausted uh, emotionally and physically. And you, if you were to do two instead of three or four, which would be the sweet spot, I'd be like, okay, well, next time I, you know, I think I can go a little more and add a set dieting the same way if you if you take off 200 calories from where you want to be or from where you think you should be you take off 200 calories and you're like that's eh, been two weeks i haven't lost a pound uh yeah go ahead bump it up to 400 if you take off 200 calories and you lose a pound a week it's like dude okay let's rock and roll you stay in much better better metabolic health um you can retain muscle mass a lot better it, you know there's just all these benefits okay so that's my big thing. You definitely do want to account for your lifestyle and your training, but be cautious and always err on the side of too much and then go from there. Good question, though. Uh, Tom, A0893. Have you ever had to train through an injury from Jordan Hasty? Tennis elbow has been nagging for months. And strong lifts uh, see, affect it much. Only barbell rows. And the doctor said it's fine to keep doing it. No long-term consequences. Yeah, I've had to train through a lot of injuries. A lot. Especially once I started getting into uh, Muay Thai, boxing, and, and jujitsu. jitsu Jiu-jitsu especially, even though it's not – like initially it's called the gentle art. But like everything gets tweaked in jujitsu. All your lower back and your fingers and your, your knees and anyone who trains knows it. Um, I leave the gym – in Muay Thai, hurt more <laughs> because leg kicks and, and punches to the face hurt. But it, it, like the nagging actual injuries, they're so big in grappling, man. They're so big. Um, And I've had to train through a lot of injuries. Um, And you just figure out a way to make it a good thing. Uh, for instance, if you hurt your knee – then do some physical therapy on your legs and then train your upper body. You know, start getting into, like, maybe your weaknesses in your upper body. You know, you add a little bit more volume to the upper body so that you can train your your weak parts. Um, if you hurt your elbow, obviously, like, okay, now it's time to do a squat focus program. You know, just to analyze what you can do to train through it and, and, and increase your ability to get better as opposed to letting the injury um, – and the injury be like a real problem. Um, if you if endurance is a problem, you know, for people who hurt their knees or their ankles and you're like, well, I'm I'm a runner. OK, well, maybe it's time for you to start building your aerobic base on the rower or uh, a bike. Um, uh, maybe it's time to start working mobility. Um, there's always ways. Just think around it. Uh, I don't, I don't want to say train through it, train around it is it would be my best advice but don't don't just stop training unless obviously you know look you've break your fucking neck or something uh two questions there johnny muscles <laughs> first i love lifting it's one hour a day monday through friday i get to be myself i listen to whatever music i want be aggressive blah 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 i get to be selfish it's my personal therapy okay totally get that my workout program is lifting four to five times per week i split workouts up into doing two to three muscle groups each day one day chest and back, day two biceps and quads, day three shoulders and hams, day four triceps, blah, blah, blah. I've heard you condone spending too much time in the gym, but this is how I train. Is there any reason this is a bad idea? Second question. Oh, Let's work on the first question. No, there's, I, I don't think – if you found something that works for you, there's no – anyone who tells you they have the absolute unequivocal right answer is, is wrong they're they they do not i don't i personally don't like to see people training for too long at one time because of the hormonal stuff and then also i it just leads to people getting burnt out more i do think you're much more motivated and and there's a lot more um sustainability and longevity in training three to four times a week for 45 hard minutes as opposed to training for two hours a day or an hour and a half a day um for prolonged periods of time i just don't think the average person or or even look the even like athletes i don't think that there's as much benefit to that training unless you're a professional athlete and it can lead to very often lead to being burnout. out but if that's what works for you man do it go after it if you found that you're a person like for instance i i profess the idea because i think it works for more people overall of like shorter three to four days a week training sessions okay focused on compound lifts and then work in your walking every day those are the like two main things i always talk about but i train twice a day hard and i do sprints and i do a lot of uh, uh, accessory work that i don't recommend for everybody because that's what works for me i've also been training for 20 something years and have been dieting like an idiot for 15 years you know so my level of muscle memory my level of knowledge my level of, of, of my uh, how in tune I am with my own body um, I this all is something that you have to take into account so yes I do talk about shorter uh, sessions but if an hour and a half or an hour a day six days a week is like where you feel like you're the best you and you're seeing results go for it um, second question: Since COVID, I have built a gym in my basement. The ceilings are low, just enough to room, just enough room to stand. I've heard you say we should do our overhead presses standing to to our max, our our cores as much as possible. Blah 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 blah. I, I can still do presses, but I have to do them seated. Or should I do them kneeling and get down on my knees like it's Saturday night behind the Sizzler? Thanks, man. I appreciate all you do, and hope nothing but the best for you and yours. Well, thank you. This is from stolen goose 706 um, no 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 yes I do think like the overhead standing press is better when you're standing but it, it's it's not something that shouldn't be done if you can't stand up just seated presses are great seated but they do focus more on the delts I just think there's overall more bang for your buck um, you get like the um, you get like the uh, thoracic mobility and stability stuff in your upper back, and you get the core work with the, doing the standing overhead press. But that doesn't mean if you can't do standing overhead presses, you shouldn't, should not just not do them. No, seated presses are great. Seated presses are great. Um, and it's always, you know, it's always like work with what you have. Let's see. Hello, long time, first time. I am 40-year-old recovering alcoholic, 10 years sober. Great, man. Congratulations. With a full-time job nursing school, and a three-year-old and amazing wife that makes it all possible. I am stressed for time to get my fitness in and have to do it at 4.30 a.m. in order to do so. I have to use a pre-workout, C4 from Costco, to get warmed up fast enough to smash through. Is there any time that you would recommend a pre-workout? I know it's not the best idea, but it's what works for me. If not, any substitutions? One more question. If possible, my total testosterone – oh, all right. First question. Um, no, if you have to work out early in the morning, um, there was a long time where I had to train early in the morning. Now with the lockdown, things are different, but, um, I used to train, yeah, 435 in the morning. I didn't want to (laughs) eat at that time and I certainly didn't want to wait around for a cup of coffee. So I would, yeah, I would slam a, I actually went to caffeine pills. That was my thing because, um, I didn't, I was trying to really diet at the time. So I didn't want to have the artificial sweeteners, and I know earlier I said they're not that big a deal. It's true, but they do—at least with me—they have a tendency to make me crave more sweets. So I was going away from them. Um, but C4 is a good product, you know. Go for it if that's what works for you. I—I uh, I, I, I get it, you know. Training early in the morning, uh, something to get you going, get you out of bed, and get you—and sometimes you like. I just like a pre-work. I like the feeling, and I like I do think it helps get me a little bit more edgy and ready to rock. Um. Okay, second question. Uh, My total testosterone levels are good, 750, but my free test is 1.5, lower than normal. Going to see a doctor about a few things involving this, but as a recovering alcoholic, how slippery is the TRT slope? Good question. Um, Not very slippery at all. Testosterone is – TRT, what people – if you're not familiar, is testosterone replacement therapy and it's um, not just for men. Uh, A lot of women in older age are seeing huge benefits with – these bioidentical hormones and treatments with progesterone and testosterone and things like that. Um, and it is doctor prescribed and monitored use of testosterone and sometimes growth hormone and other things. Um, it is a far cry from using steroids like a professional athlete or bodybuilder would do. What do I mean by that? First off, what the common term when we talk about steroids or you know, kind of illegally used steroids is anabolic steroids. Testosterone is a naturally occurring substance in the body that has anabolic properties, but it is not an anabolic. An anabolic is things like decadrabalin, um, winstrol, uh, and anadrol. Those are the anabolics. The androgens are your testosterone derivatives. Um, And so these are naturally occurring substances uh, that exist in the body already. If because of modern lifestyle, those substances or those hormones are low, it's medicine to then treat those to get them back to a healthy level. Having extremely low testosterone for a man cannot, it's not just about like, hey, I don't feel as energetic and stuff. It can be disastrous. It can cause massive depression. It can have serious, serious long term health problems. You know, it's not like steroid abuse, um, which is something that I engaged in um, in my early 20s. Um, these are medically calculated. Hormone replacements that get you back into a healthy level. They're not getting you into an excessive level. When you either have an injury or you have some type of lifestyle problem that forces you to have low hormones, you are replaced with them to get them back to normal. It's literally no different than someone who has like Hashimoto's or some type of thyroid disease, given thyroid medication to get their thyroid uh, activity back to normal. This is someone who's unhealthy using medicine to become healthy, um, and testosterone is not unhealthy if used properly. If used as testosterone replacement therapy, monitored by a medical professional, uh, an endocrinologist or an MD of some sort, this is this is completely different. Um, there are. Bodybuilding or or physique goal type uh, androgenic androbo- anabolic things that I would steer clear of as a recovering addict. But mostly, you know, I, I misspoke. It's actually not androgenic stuff. It's it's some of these anabolics and then some of the um, stimulant based fat burning stuff. You got to stay away from that because that is going to change you and also. It lights that fire inside of you. It's like, well, if this much makes me feel like this, a little bit more is going to make me feel even better and so on and so on. And it, you start to kind of go into that same cycle, that slippery slope you were talking about um, with the TRT. That's that's where you start to see that stuff. So I would not at all worry about TRT medically monitored hormone replacement as a, as a recovering addict. Um but don't confuse that into hearing me say like well if I'm in recovery I can use steroids and everything's fine or I can use clenbuterol or ephedrine because I don't think that that's true. Um but replacing deficiencies in hormones I, I you know that's that's a far cry from something that I would be worried about when it comes to uh, recovery. I am not on TRT. I am definitely interested in going to be on TRT at some point. I just turned uh, 41, and uh, I live a very taxing lifestyle physically and oftentimes emotionally. So it's just something that I, is necessary. Anyways, um, thank you to everybody who subscribes and um, listens. Please tell a friend if you believe in the podcast. I believe in the podcast. I want to continue making it. I want to make it better. I've also started to get so many requests for some type of like training program and diet advice that I have now started to explore the idea of Patreon. I would like your guys' help with ideas of how to structure it. Um, I'm thinking about doing a basic, you know, say $3 a month just to maybe have like 20-minute extras or some type of basic uh, kind of basic little benefit and then $10 and $20 a month for different structured programs like diet programs and, and training programs. Um, but I would love, you know, your guys' take on what, how I could best serve you because I always envision doing this as a service more than anything. So I, I have a hard time kind of thinking about the idea of charging money. But I also can't realistically like draw out programs and give diet advice for free. Um, and I do think it would help me to help you more so now I'm really starting to seriously look at like how I can structure a Patreon so that it could be more beneficial to you, the listeners. Always send me your ideas at at Mike Catherwood or at Mikey likes you one. And thank you to my daughter Magnolia. Thank you, Magnolia.
0: Hi, bye. Uh,
1: for that amazing interview. And remember, in this crazy mix-up world that makes you think that nobody cares, we do.
0: Yep, we sure do. And that whole time I was doing homeschool on the computer and spinning around in circles that makes me very dizzy. Bye!